Full Scope, Human Longevity and Performance Podcast. We want you to become the most exceptional, high-performing version of yourself. And to facilitate this, we are giving away the Longevity Fundamentals Handbook absolutely free. This is a tremendous resource that will tell you the lifestyle behaviors and mindset that will lead to the best outcomes and longevity. To get this, go to our website, wondermedicine.com or fullscope.org, put in your email, and we will send you this amazing resource, the Longevity Fundamentals Handbook. The United States healthcare system sucks. We have the most expensive healthcare system in the world, but yet our outcomes and the health of our general population are some of the worst of any developed nation. This is a huge problem because I'm a United States citizen, and the people in the U.S. are not just people, they're my friends, my family, my coworkers. This is something I'm extremely passionate about, and this is a problem that needs to be solved. Let's take the example of 10 nations. The United States, Australia, Canada, France, Germany, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. These are all developed nations. But the U.S. spends nearly twice as much on the healthcare sector as a share of our total economy, as all of those other nations. But yet, we have the lowest life expectancy of all those nations. On top of this, we have the highest burden of chronic disease, and our, our, and our obesity rate is twice that of every other nation on the list. Combine that with the fact that Americans had fewer physician visits than their peers in most of these other countries, And you start to realize that even though our system is so expensive, it's not really accessible to most people. It's an absolute beast, and that being the American healthcare system. The American healthcare system is a beast, and it needs to be slayed. What I'm really talking about here is value. The American healthcare system offers very little value to anyone hoping to utilize it. And value is defined as price divided by quality. And basically, since we have the highest price times two of most other developed nations, and the quality of our care is notably worse on a number of metrics, we end up offering the worst value in healthcare in the world. Today on Full Scope, we're going to talk about all the problems with the United States healthcare system, and we're going to go over some really easy fixes for each of those. We're going to cover the lack of transparency in pricing, using insurance for every part of medical care, business people that provide no additional value to the system, regulations that are out of date, add complexity, and add no value to healthcare. Poor communication by regulatory design and business design. Drugs and diagnostics that are obscenely high-priced. Upside-down provider workforce 
fear and defensive medicine being pervasive in our system, as well as upside-down incentives regarding wellness and disease prevention. All of these things are fixable, but yet all of these bad things are locked into place. And the reason is very simple. Money. Many people are making money hand over foot on our horrible health care system. Just talk to the CEO of United Healthcare. He made $50 million in bonuses in 2020 when nobody was utilizing health care because of the COVID-19 pandemic and fear. Yet, at that same time, doctors and nurses were being laid off. Doctors and nurses were taking on the, the risk of the healthcare system while insurance was making money hand over foot. All of the perverse incentives in our system are in place because someone is getting rich on them. And in order to shake things up, all of us are going to have to change. The biggest driver of change needs to come from the, the employer section. Companies. Companies provide health insurance for the majority of people covered under health insurance. And these companies have a lot of power to affect change, much more than they know. But yet, most of them continue to sign on to the status quo healthcare system year after year, in spite of the fact that their workers are getting more unhealthy and the costs they're having to pay are becoming more and more absorbent. If you haven't noticed already, today's podcast is really not going to cover clinical or medical knowledge. We're going to talk about healthcare and healthcare policy. These are my opinions. Many people, in fact, many smart people, will have different opinions. But I promise you that I'm going to bring you some good ideas and that this will start a good conversation that we need to have and have to have. Because at the end of the day, United States healthcare is the number one cause of business and personal bankruptcy. And that problem is is getting worse. Quite simply, acting like access to healthcare is more important than something like financial security and access to food and education, etc., is ridiculous. People would be better off with financial security and not having access to medical insurance. Period. Boo 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 boo. The first major issue with United States healthcare is the lack of price transparency. Call around next time you need a CT scan or an MRI and see if you can figure out the price it's going to cost you to get it. It is difficult to do even for people in the insurance industry, even for providers, doctors, and nurses. The general public cannot navigate this at all until hospitals clinics and other healthcare entities start posting their prices and making them public, consumers of healthcare will not be able to make informed decisions. And until they can know the price, they won't know if it's going to potentially bankrupt them. When you mix the fact that American healthcare generally uses fear 
to push people into getting more care. For instance, you've got chest pain, but you're really low risk, but you go to the emergency department, they're going to oftentimes admit you and do a big workup in the hospital. By that same token, if you pass out because you're dehydrated and sweaty at work and been standing on your feet, you go to the hospital, they're going to admit you. They're going to tell you, you could die if you don't come in. We're really scared about this. We need you to come in. They're practicing defensively and out of fear. You don't know what the price is going to be. You say yes. Six months later, you get a bill for $25,000, $100,000. Throw out whatever ridiculous number you can think of. I guarantee you people have been billed at that rate. Until people know the prices, they cannot make informed decisions, and every healthcare industry should be mandated to publicly post their price or, or, and or, if need be, have a direct pay option, which is public at all times on their website or available for anyone who wants to call and ask. The next big issue in healthcare is insurance for every part of medical care. So much of healthcare is expected in routine. Things like annual physicals, things like preventative screenings, things like vaccinations. Even urgent care visits for common illnesses is really routine. That happens to all of us at some point. The idea that insurance should pay for every single part of health care is silly, and it's driving up the cost needlessly. For example, for an automobile, you're not going to take out an insurance claim unless you really need it. If you've got a big injury to your car, but you would never do that for your oil change or often even a windshield replacement because it's cheaper just to pay it out directly. It's expected costs, and you don't want your payments going up because that's going to break the, break the bank way worse than anything else. Medical insurance has the best deal of any industry I've ever seen. They literally can't lose. They don't take on risk. And if they did lose, the government would probably just bail them right out. Basically, people sign up for insurance and they have to use it for every part of their routine care as well as catastrophic things that could happen to them like being hit by a bus or diagnosed with cancer or requiring a long time lot like multi-day stay in the critical care unit. All of this is driving up the costs. And basically, if say for instance a company uses a lot of healthcare in a given year, Insurance is not going to lose. They're just going to come back next year with higher premiums. And they're going to make their money back. If you don't use health care, they're just going to collect obscene amounts of money like they did in 2020, as we discuss. This is bad, people. And because of the situation we have, we've seen insurance go up 10%. We've seen insurance premiums go up 10% every year in premiums for the last 10 years. So medical insurance is 100% more expensive, but yet deductibles have also ridden out of control, such that almost everyone is on a high deductible insurance plan anyway. This is crazy. Let's look at doctors over that same 10-year period. Doctors' incomes are flat. This means that I make the same amount of money now as a doctor that I would have made 10 years ago. The problem is, is with inflation, that means that I make a lot, lot less. This is not right, people. This is bad stuff. We need to be using insurance like it should be used for unforeseen, 
catastrophic events and not for routine health care. And we need to once again have insurance be affordable in this venue. The next big issue is business people that provide no additional value. I know a lot of administrators in healthcare. I realize that being an administrator is not necessarily the funnest job. But in general, I'm appalled at what administration ends up doing in most of the healthcare systems I'm involved in. For instance, I've told, I've been told that a lot of the business people don't really do anything. In fact, half to a fourth of the business team don't really work. And when they do work, they just try to find ways to remove frontline people so they can make more on bottom line stuff. The problem is frontline people are the ones who actually do the healthcare. They're the ones who are actually caring for people. And squeezing us tighter is a really bad way to do it, especially when you're hiring more people in the back office to squeeze us even more. That's bad. On top of this, Hospital administration has this awful thing where they never seem to ask the opinions of the people on the front lines. They just simply implement new plans. It's insane to me. Any leader knows that you should be asking the people doing the job how to make their job better. But yet this doesn't happen in American healthcare. It's pervasive at all the different hospital systems I work at, and it's a huge problem. The next big issue I want to cover are regulations that are out of date, add complexity, and provide no value. There are so many examples of this, but the most obvious one is HIPAA, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. This was a law passed in 1996. Wow, a law passed in 1996 about technology that's 25 years old? What does that have to do with technology today? And the answer is nothing. HIPAA puts a lot of regulations on things like patient privacy and the technologies and systems we can use in our clinic. And as someone who started a new clinic, I'll tell you that most of the cool, new, innovative technologies for things like scheduling, payment capture, websites, um, data storage are not HIPAA compliant. They cannot be utilized in healthcare because of HIPAA. The fact that we have stricter regulations on patient privacy than we do on their financial privacy for things like running a credit card or something is insane. People don't want their credit card information to leak out any more than their health information. So why why do we hold them to different standards and why are we allowing legislation that hinders our ability to communicate and use good technology? Communication is, of course, the biggest pro- the biggest cause of errors in healthcare, and as a result, I f- I firmly believe that HIPAA is a patient killer. Along with the poor communication made worse by things like HIPAA, is poor communication by design in healthcare. I cannot stress enough that communication errors are the main cause of medical errors and medical problems in the hospital and the overall healthcare system. And it literally we've created a system that cannot communicate by design. Basically what happened with the Affordable Care Act is that all of health, all healthcare systems were mandated to go electronic. But yet and in the 
biggest error I've ever seen in legislation. EMRs were not mandated to communicate with each other. It would have been so simple to write into that legislation, all EMRs need to have a universal API so that they can very easily talk to each other and exchange data. That would have essentially put our entire nation on one system where data could flow easily between different clinics, between different hospitals, etc., preventing communication errors. That didn't happen, and from a business standpoint, people like Epic don't want that. Epic wants to block other EMRs communicating with them so that they can have monopolies on entire healthcare systems. It is obscene, and people should know that it's no surprise, because at the end of the day, corporations control our government, and our governments control us, and as a result of that, we are all controlled by corporations. Literally, I'm sure that a lot of these companies wrote a lot of the legislation that we use in healthcare today, and it is bad, bad stuff. When you take this a step further, and you realize that because our electronic medical system is so siloed between healthcare systems, you understand that our research capabilities for things like epidemiology and population health studies become very, very limited. Countries like Canada that have a more universal EMR and, and health system are able to do big studies on their entire population and community that the U.S. has not. From a research standpoint, data is everything. And from a data standpoint, the U.S. is horrible right now in the healthcare system. And this is going to inhibit our ability to utilize science to get our, our population healthier for years and years to come. The next major issue with the United States healthcare system is that the drugs and diagnostics we have are obscenely high-priced. Basically, in the U.S., we pay more for drugs than every other developed nation in the world, and by more, I mean a lot more. It is time to open up our economy to other countries that have similar rigorous processes for, for designing drugs and diagnostics and let other countries basically sell their products in our market because we need to drive the cost of drugs and diagnostics down. So many new drugs in the diabetes, in the obesity, in the heart failure market are now available and cost 600 to to $1,000 a month. Many patients with these problems may require 10 or 15 different medications to solve all their issues because we're so unhealthy these days. And when each of those medications costs, say, $1,000 a month, that might be $15,000 a month just in medications we're paying. Guys, that's, shoot, 150 plus 30 that's $180,000 a year in medications. That's like four or five times what the average American citizen can make working. That's insane, and we haven't even paid the providers yet. The idea that people should be paying more for drugs then access to me as a physician is insane. This is a big problem. This is something that we should not be allowing. We are letting the drug companies in our country run the show, and all of us are having to pay the bill for it. The next big issue with our healthcare system is that our provider workforce is upside down. In the United States, the smartest, most talented people go into specialties and subspecialties. 
This is because these fields are more lucrative, their lifestyles can often be better, and they're more prestigious. All the while, the stupidest people, the stupidest doctors, are the ones that are most commonly going into primary care. Think about how backwards that is from a health from from a business standpoint. If you were to think about a CEO of a company, that's going to be a person who knows about every different part of the company. They're very broadly skilled, they can do a lot of things, and they run the show. You would never think about taking somebody with a very narrow skill set and putting them in charge of the company. But yet, in medical care, that happens all the time. You get one specialist that's focused on one organ system that's running the show in their care. Meanwhile, the primary care doc is just kind of signing off on whatever these specialists say. That is backwards. We need the primary care doctors to be the smartest one on the team. We need them call. We need them getting information from specialists, using them as consultants, but ultimately making the decisions. I think that our provider workforce is just upside down, and we need more people and more intelligent people going into primary care. And in order to do that, we need to incentivize primary care. What's up, Full Scope listeners? If you are enjoying this content, if this content is bringing you value, please share it with your friends, loved ones, and everyone else. Post it online, on social media. Let your friends know. Have them subscribe. Put the word out there. That's all we really ask. And at the very least, give us a review and rate the podcast. Thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. I already talked a little bit about fear in defensive medicine, but it's a huge problem. A lot of physicians are just terrified by the idea of being sued. And I'll be quite honest, in my experience, the worst doctors are the ones that are the most fearful. But being being in fear of being sued hurts patients. You end up ordering more tests because you don't want to miss anything. These tests are often not indicated. You end up finding things you shouldn't have found, which leads to care cascades that end up hurting patients, and you end up costing them a lot of money that they maybe should not have been cost. We need to get all the fear and defensiveness out of medicine yesterday. I never worry about being sued because I basically ask myself two simple questions every time I care for people. I ask myself, Would I make such a recommendation to someone in my own family? And would I want myself to be my own doctor? And if I can answer yes to all those questions, I don't care about being sued. I just try to do the best I can and care for patients as much as I can. Stop worrying about being sued and start doing what's right for your patients. The biggest problem in healthcare in the United States is the fact that our incentives are completely upside down. We pay a hero's ransom to treat disease. And the more invasive it is, the more we get paid for it. On the flip side, we pay nothing for preventative and wellness care. Our system is not designed to 
pay any money for that, and as such, we invest no money in wellness and preventative measures. Think about this. Of all the hospitals I've been working at across rural America, at least half of them are working on building a cardiac catheterization lab. This is because cath labs pay a lot of money. But yet these small rural communities have some of the worst primary care I've ever seen. The access to primary care is horrible. From a hospital administrator standpoint, they're thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to rake in money on this cath lab. But if they were actually thinking about what was best for their population, they'd be investing in primary care and prevention. In fact, every healthcare system would. But yet all of us are not. Because primary care doctors make no money the way the current system is set up. They add very little value to hospital revenue other than the fact that they're your base, your patient base, which for some reason hospitals don't really realize, but it's true. They are, in fact, your base. And, and they really are the most important people in the healthcare system. But we've forgotten that, and we're all, we're all too willing to pay for back-end expensive care, and we basically offer nothing in the prevention and wellness space. And to take this a step further... Essentially, we offer people at the end of life with all these back-end health problems, many of which can't even be helped in, a, in that meaningful of a way. We offer them limitless resources through something like Medicare. But yet young people, the, let's say a 25-year-old that's depressed, they often get nothing. They get the shaft. Let's talk about the return on investment of doing a heart catheterization on a 90-year-old demented person versus giving a 25-year-old with depression access to primary care. Well, the 85-year-old is not going to work again in their life regardless, and they probably won't even know what's happening to them when they get the cardiac cath. On the flip side, the 25-year-old potentially could get back to work and could enjoy an entire career of production for society. We don't look at return on investment at all in healthcare, and because of that, we throw tons of money at older folks, and we give nothing to younger people. And it is bad. It is bad incentives. I hear people talking about universal healthcare, and I think in an ideal, perfect world in the United States, that could be a reasonable idea. The problem is the United States government sucks at everything they do. And every time they touch something, it becomes more complex and more expensive. Look at what's happened to the cost of tuition since the government got involved in student loans. It has skyrocketed. skyrocketed it. Look at what's happened to our food and agriculture system. The government literally subsidizes corn, soy, wheat, all of these crops that are used to make processed foods that basically are the reason why all of us are so obese and unhealthy. These processed foods are being pummeled on children with constant advertising for sugar and processed foods and junk. This is, this is all, at the very root of it, incentivized by our own government. I think on paper, a, a universal healthcare system sounds great and having one pair sounds great but letting the federal government execute that is 
a stupid idea considering their track record. I would not be on board for that. Now, maybe if they could come up with a, a very sleek way to give universal primary care, maybe that would be a more logical way to do it. Or if on the other hand, maybe we were doing universal health care from a state to state level, maybe it could be executed well you know, at the state level. But on the federal level, absolutely not. In my opinion, we need disruptive companies to come in and shake things up. And that is exactly what I'm doing with my direct primary care clinic. I'm trying to offer affordable, transparent prices and accountability. The final problem with American healthcare, and, and there's so many more to talk about, but the final one we're going to talk about today is accessibility. Are doctors accessible? And when, when I'm talking about doctors, I'm, I'm talking about primary care doctors. And the answer is no. In our current system, our primary care doctors are not accessible. Yes, you can get in for a physical. But what happens when you call your doctor in the middle of the night and have a problem? You're going to get in touch with some triage nurse, and they're just going to tell you to go to the emergency department. We need our doctors to be accessible so that we can keep patients out of the emergency department and out of the hospital and end up charging them much less money. But everything right now is built on this idea of escalation of care, not having doctors be available, and just shunting them up the line to the most expensive choice possible, which usually is the emergency department and subsequently the hospital. So that's a lot about the various problems in healthcare, and honestly, there's a lot more to discuss. You'll hear a lot of people say, oh, it's just so complex, there's so much stuff that we just can't fix it. That is such a lie. That is what people that are making lots of money want you to think and want you to hear. But I will tell you that if you look at basic principles in healthcare, the fixes are extremely simple, and I'm going to go over them very quickly. One. Mandate that all healthcare entities make prices fully transparent. This will once again make healthcare a market so that people can make informed decisions and choices regarding their care. Two, provide medical insurance products that only cover catastrophic care to individuals and group insurance markets. And this has to be affordable, like $50 a month for someone who's a completely healthy young person. Kick a lot of the business people out of healthcare. If people aren't adding value, they don't need to have a job in this industry. Modernize regulations like HIPAA to reduce regulatory burden and make the job of healthcare easier. Mandate that EMRs communicate with each other using a universal API. You could literally do this in one bill and that would change everything about communication in healthcare. Start paying the same prices for diagnostics diagnostics and therapeutics that the rest of the developed world pays. How do we get a setup where we're paying, you know, double or triple the price of Canada and England for stuff? This is just insane. Incentivize primary care so that the smartest people enter this field and subsequently practice a broad scope of care and can take care of more people with less resources. Stop worrying about being sued and start doing what is right for patients. Incentivize preventative medicine and public health by paying for them. And I'm pretty pissed at public health for their performance over the last year. They've been abysmal, their message has been horrible, and they've militarized. But 
public health still is so important and a, robo a robust public health system is the cornerstone of any good healthcare system. Okay, that's a little bit about healthcare policy. I know everyone's not going to agree with some of that stuff, but I'd love to hear what you think. Tune in in two weeks. I'm going to talk about direct primary care. Thank you so much for listening to the Full Scope Podcast and investing in your health. I'm Dr. Bill Randenberg. If you're enjoying the content, please rate, review, and share this content with all of your friends online and all your social media platforms. Please understand that this podcast is not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure your specific medical condition. This podcast does not create any type of doctor-patient relationship between myself, Dr. Brandenburg, and you, the listener. If you do need help with your life, with your health, with anything regarding your longevity or performance, please check out wondermedicine.com. Our longevity and performance program is the best in the world and is ready to help you right now, today, become the best possible possible individual you can be. Thanks. Bye-bye.